contemplate the workings of the inner being. Your eyes are wide open, but are you really seeing? Welcome back. So today's episode is a little bit different because what we're going to do is we're actually going to share a conversation, or actually it was a presentation that Ta and I did this past weekend at the Health and Wealth pop-up retreat at a line in Austin, Texas. So we were asked by the amazing guys at Slenderella MSW Lounge to come and share a bit about not only our expertise with psychedelics, but our experience, ask questions, and how psychedelics can be used for health optimization. This was really fun, actually. We talked about consciously how you can repattern your nervous system for more ease, freedom and flow by aligning your body set with the shifts in your mindset. We also explain the three energies of evolution that we find with a lot of the people that we work with. And just to give you some context, this pop-up wellness retreat was amazing. They had a panel on the business of wellness with people like Michelle Norris, who you've heard from before, Fayez Reina from Prep From Your Door, Um, Baldo from MSW Lounge, Eric Anderson from the Ocean Lab, which is a sensory expansion, right? Or a float tank, float cabin place here in Austin that we do events with as well. They had a panel on food more than medicine. And they talked about where we are, you know, and the guests that they had on that panel were incredible. And then there was the future of healthcare, which I always appreciate those conversations. It had some of our friends like Tom Schnorr from Austin Compounding Pharmacy. Uh, there was Dr. Ken Aldolf from Illumina Ketamine Clinic. Just some really amazing experts were at this retreat. And so we were handling one of the breakout sessions. And they had Lynn Graft, who is known for storytelling for entrepreneurs, CJ Finley, How to Thrive in Your Life, Uh, my good friend, Laura Batista, How to Align Your Levels of Vitality, and then we spoke on psychedelics. So today's episode, you're actually going to hear the whole presentation, the whole breakout session that we shared in Austin to a large group And we got amazing feedback on it. So we decided we would share the audio. It's not as high quality as usual. It still is very clear. And I hope that you enjoy it because there are some amazing takeaways. So as always, take a moment and review the show. Let us know what you think. We appreciate that so, so much when you'll just take a couple moments to leave some feedback or if there was something that really helped you or really meant a lot to you, or you appreciate elements of the show, whatever it is, it truly is a beautiful reminder for us that we are not here doing this alone. And I want to thank Jen, who, uh, Jen Garcia, who left us a review that just said, Hey, Tom Cole, I wanted to reach out and say a quick thanks. I really enjoy your podcast. You both do an awesome job talking about real serious topics and adding in your sense of humor. Keep doing your thing. I appreciate you both. Jen, we appreciate you. Thank you for taking that time. And with no further ado, today's episode is the use of psychedelics for health optimization. We'd love to hear from you on Instagram. Shoot us a DM. Tell us what you think. And let's kick it off. What psychedelics is all about. Awesome. Cool. Psychedelics are nothing to be afraid of. 
Uh, my name is Ta. I practiced nursing in New York City for 25 years. 23 of those years, I practiced emergency nursing. So I know the in and outs of every ology you could possibly imagine. Psychology, neurology, pathophysiology, uh, kinesiology, all the ologies. Um, I was told I would be blind by the time I was 40. I am now 48 years old. I don't wear glasses anymore. I do not wear contacts. Um, I broke my back at a point. I couldn't walk. Uh, I'm walking. I, I was told I'd never run. I'd never jump. I'd never lift heavy. I do all of these things, and I'm stronger, more virile, have better attention span than I've ever had in my entire life. It is not thanks to psychedelics. It is in conjunction with things that I have explored about myself through psychedelics. So um, I was told that psychedelics are the devil, uh, they're drugs, you're going to hell, this is, you're a nurse, this is not something that you should be doing. I was told that anybody that came through the emergency room or in the hospital that utilized any kind of psychedelic or altering substance uh, was, was a criminal, except for, of course, alcohol, pharmaceuticals, and things that were sold by the healthcare industry and big agriculture. So I'm here to talk to you today about psychedelics and my experience around helping people with psychedelics. And this is my awesome wife, Cole. Hi. Um, so a little bit of backstory. This Cole's like just like so I'll be doing a bit of this um, throughout the day. Um, so just a little bit of backstory as well. Um, Twenty. This year will be 20 years ago. I ended up in a uh, coma from a drug overdose. Um, at this point, I had dropped out of high school. I was an at-risk youth. The typical story um, with um, sexual trauma as a child, I was on that. I mean, I was textbook um, as far as at-risk youth. And growing up in Utah was a very tough place to grow up because if you weren't all in, you were cast out. So if you weren't Mormon, if you weren't all in on the culture, it was like... What I was learning from humanity is that don't trust anything anyone says, because what they say does not match up. So I, by the time I was in a coma, I knew after that I was going to have to do something to turn my life around, but it wasn't because I ended up in a coma, it's because my 15-year-old sister was doing eight balls of coke by herself in my parents' basement. And I knew that, in, at least at that point in my life, the only way I was going to be able to save her is if I got myself out. Because for whatever reason, I valued her life. I did not care about mine. I didn't think there was anything of value in my life. I didn't feel like I had any skills, any talents. Um, the one time I made a team in high school, I got cut. When the grades came out a week later, I missed it by .01. Um, so I really had given up even by this point. Um, you know, victim of violent rapes, all of the, again, once you go on that at-risk youth path, you tend to be in more dangerous situations too. So I, after the coma, decided I was going to have to find a way out. So I went and I actually did Miss Utah Teen, which competes at Miss Teen USA. The platform that year was substance abuse education for teens. And I was just honest. I was only three months out of my coma. And I said, look, if anyone's going to tell kids the dangers of club drugs, I don't know if there's anyone more qualified than me. So I won. I got to do Miss Teen USA. It became an amazing platform for sure. You know, I got to do all the national talk shows and speaking at universities and all this stuff. And I got hardcore now, the pendulum swing to the other side of once an addict, always an addict. You have to abstain, stay out, that mentality. 
Uh, worked for Partnership for a Drug-Free America, the D.A.R.E. program, um, also the U.S. government because our soldiers overseas, we have a huge opiate crisis with our soldiers overseas. Um, and so I was speaking on all these large platforms and with the U.N. So if there was ever a person that probably wouldn't shift back to working in psychedelics, it probably would have been me at this point. I had so much fear around them. Um, and after working so closely with all of these programs in the government, I realized that we were seriously being a disservice to people to keep fueling the once an addict, always an addict, because it's a total disempowerment versus focusing on the tools and what do people need to grow out of or get their needs fulfilled so that they don't need to numb, hide, avoid, or otherwise. So I said goodbye to that world after my last government contract because honestly, I could feel constant manipulation with my story and people changing my story to fit certain um, narratives. And I just said, it's not gonna work for me. So I stepped away from $5,000 an hour at 22 years old um, in speaking and sponsored by JetBlue and I could fly anywhere I wanted because I realized everything I had created was to try to make up for everything I'd ever done wrong and that there was nothing I was going to be able to do to save what I perceived was how bad of a person I was. So I decided to pull out of everything um, and it was time to do my work and really get into that myself. And it took about six years through that process, living in New York City, living my life, until I hit a health crash. Um, hypothyroidism, I'd had endometriosis, my first ovarian torsion, was when I was 15, fibromyalgia, did I say that? Arthritis in my knees, scoliosis in my back that was muscular. I'd had 24 broken bones at that point, all freak accidents. So it's like, I really didn't know a life that wasn't painful. And when I got introduced to doing work in this capacity, my first friend that brought it up, I said, absolutely not. Like, there's no way. And the fear that I could feel in my body. Um, fast forward, there's obviously a lot more to the story, but fast forward now, um, I've been off all medications since 2009. My thyroid is normal. Fibromyalgia doesn't exist in my world. And yes, I made lifestyle changes. Yes, I changed my diet, all of that stuff for sure. Um, and psychedelics were the rest. So I say diet was 65% and the rest was self-hate and self-loathing. So as much work, yes, diet made a huge change, but that last little bit that was the difference between good and fucking amazing was psychedelics. So that's what we're here to discuss a little bit more in detail because we also are going to talk a bit more about the transformation trap that a lot of people that get into psychedelics get trapped up in and the need to unearth every issue in order to earn the right to be happy. So, so I'm going to talk a little bit about what happens when you take psychedelics. So this guy is my greatest hero. Okay? This guy right here. This guy. Okay. This was me in 2008. Big difference. I held a lot in my body around anger, around being hurt, and a lot of lies. And the lies were not just to other people, they were lies to myself. And these are lies that were governed by societal constructs, by government, by religion, by my family systems, and all of these things have an impact on your body, okay? How you treat yourself, how you talk to yourself, all of these things are buried into your physiology. And your physiology is your body. And it's actually 
it, it, it takes the shape of how you perform. It takes the shape of the information that you hold in, your, in yourself. It takes the information of, of everything that comes in and goes out. And if it's not under your control, it takes this shape. It takes this weird shape. And you can do fitness on top of it, and you can do that on top of it. It'll take the shape of fitness and all of the other bullshit. Okay? So psychedelics, when you move into a psychedelic space, it, it, it changes things in a very, 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 very dramatic way. So there, the human body moves in two directions when it wants to do something. It learns things out of habit. Does anybody know how to tie their shoe? Okay. So do you remember tying your shoe for the first time? No? Okay. Do you remember what you did to learn how to tie your shoe? Over and over and over and over and over until you finally got that bow. Right? So we do things out of habit. And your body becomes built into that habit. Now you can tie your bow behind your back in your pocket, in the dark, right, in jello. You can tie that without thinking about it because your body has now been programmed and your fingers actually take the shape of being able to tie shoes, right? This is, all, this is how your entire body performs. That's one way you can do things, by habit. The other way you do things is by, in, your, your neurology learns things, is by impact. The first time you tasted strawberry, if you like strawberries, and somebody said strawberries, like, oh my God, I remember that strawberry. Strawberry is locked in there. It's impact, right? If you got spanked when you were a kid, oh, impact, right? All of these things are how your body wires, okay? Habit or impact. And when you move into a psychedelic space, you're, you, have, you have something called an increased capacity for neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is when your nervous system actually gets to rewire itself, okay? And as, as Kevin always says, neurons that fire together, wire together. So when you get into a psychedelic space, you have an increased capacity for neuroplasticity. And when you move into a psychedelic space with intention, you can actually rewire yourself with intent in a fraction of the amount of time it takes to create a new habit and with a dramatic difference in having to have an impact to make things rewire. So the psychedelic space allows you to do something. I've, I've had things happen with me in a matter of 12 hours that I'd been trying to reprogram for years and never got to it. So it's, it's a space that, I've been, I've been, that has been shunned by the healthcare industry until now, where they're starting to do MDMA studies, they're starting to do psilocybin studies, they're doing stuff with with LSD, they're doing all this wonderful stuff that's moving into the healthcare sex, but it's not fully accepted yet. It's not fully controlled yet. So there are places and things that you can do on the, on the low low to move with the low low, that's her, you know, <laughs> right? That you, that you can do to move yourself into that space. But it's bringing the awareness and things like this where we can get together and have awareness of how these things actually work for you in, into your benefit. So we want to bring that awareness to you. So one of the things we see most commonly um, in the psychedelic space and what we reference the most or what we, um, I'm going to preface this because of legal reasons. We are not condoning the illegal use of psychedelics or substances of any kind under any purpose, whatever. You get it. We're not telling you to go take mushrooms. Unless it's with us. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> nope, that never happened. Strike that from the record. <clears throat> yeah, that never happened. That was a kidding. So the thing is, uh, what we see most common, oh, the two things that we use, prim or that we work with primarily, psilocybin, which is mushrooms, um, and then also a plant called Wachuma or San Pedro. 
which is a cousin of peyote. So the difference is it's psychedelic and psychoactive. It is not hallucinogenic. So the thing with substances is every substance is not for every person all of the time, some of the time, or part of the time. There are not rules. Now there are, depending on what your traumas have been, depending on what your medical conditions have been, going and doing a plant like ayahuasca in the jungle, if you've had autoimmune issues, adrenal issues, is not safe for your body's organism as a total organism because your body's already exhausted and a plant like ayahuasca causes purging and causes your physical body a lot of trauma. And we don't say trauma is always a bad thing, it is a thing, it is an event. And we have people go down to the jungles of Peru to work with tribes and they come back and they are completely, I mean they have a complete health crisis. Crisis, that was two, crisis and crash. So it's also knowing that just because something is popular, just because it's on um, docu-series and documentaries, does not mean it's the right plant for everyone. So, you know, there is a glorification of suffering in the psychedelic space, that the more you suffer, the more bliss you will achieve. This is a idea. And the, this continued glorification through documentaries makes people believe if they don't suffer, they didn't do the work right or they won't earn the right to be happy because they didn't suffer right. And we're here to say that is a construct and a belief that if you go into a psychedelic experience knowing you're supposed to suffer, you will. If you go into a psychedelic experience knowing that you don't have to, you won't. Or you at least will have the opportunity to work with that idea of suffering. So we are firm believers that if you focus on what you do want in this life and say anything that is in the way of me actualizing what I want, I call that forward. In the psychedelic space and in the plant medicine, we don't even use plant medicine as the explanation. We call them power plants. We're not treating sick people. We don't believe there's anything wrong with anyone. There are dysfunctional patterns that have been developed because of trauma or because of environment, or because of something that happened. So what can we do to get back to a state of functional, physical patterns, mental patterns, whatever? That also helps with the shame and guilt cycle that people get caught up in. That if we can put a, an end to things even being right or wrong, it's functional for something or dysfunctional for something. It actually can help you unhook from the need to get stuck in the transformation trap, which we call the transformation trap tirelessly repeating a painful process for the purpose of transforming. And especially as entrepreneurs, we, have, we identify three energies of evolution. And we say energies of evolution and not levels because levels can still quantify better than or less than or not good enough. So we just say there's different evolutions that we go through as people. The first energy we identify is the snake. That's when we say that's when you first wake up. Wake up to the fact you're in a job that you hate, a life that you didn't want to create, one that by conditioning or environment or experiences was pressed on you or you were adhering to knowingly and you, when you realize this isn't what I want and I'm not happy or maybe your health crashes because you realize you can't push anymore through the, this bullshit that you've been perpetuating. So that's when you first are getting rid of all those layers, all the skin, all the bacteria, all the things that weren't serving you. This is also the period when you start to ground. You know, the, the thing with the snake evolution is you're also 
as you look up, you see there's all this stuff you still can't reach. And it can be overwhelming. It can make you feel like giving up. It can make you feel like, how am I going to accomplish all of this stuff? I'm down here. I want to be flying in the sky. How's it going to happen? It's the hardest evolutionary mentally. The second evolution is what we call the puma. The puma is when you start to have agility and drive and focus. You've let so much weight go that you're like, that's what I want. I'm not giving up till I get there because now I've let go of all this weight. I see it. I can actualize it. I want to surround myself with people that support that. The thing is, just like the snake period, the puma comes with issues. This is more commonly where we see entrepreneurs have health crashes because they've been in the puma energy for so long that hypervigilance leads to a health crash because now it's at any cost, I'm driving for this goal. So at this point too, it can make it really hard to relax and you only rest because you have to hunt again, not for the purpose of healing. And the body can't just rest, it needs to fully relax in order to heal. Which is why doing float tanks, float cabins, is so important. Especially with stars on the ceiling. So the third evolution is what we call the condor. That's where freedom truly is. Where there's no more hunting. You just know that the food will be there when it's time. It's trusting the winds. It requires the most flexibility and the most presence but it doesn't require the hypervigilance. You still know when to take off. You still ground to the earth. That's when you get this purpose from God, source, whatever you want to call it, that you're bringing down to earth. That is the energy of the condor. Condor is a messenger from God, messenger from source, messenger of purpose to this earth. And so we talk about, it's not just about psychedelics, but the perspective they bring for you to also experience not only mindset shifts, body set shifts because you can't be in the body of a snake to fly. So it also requires a new way of being, a new way to fuel, a new way to be in your body in order to actualize and fully realize your dream. So our biggest purpose is to help people to get out of physical and mental pain so that they can fulfill their purpose. Because especially activists and people that have a purpose that fires them up so much will drive their bodies into the ground and their purpose with them. So when you're looking to optimize your physiology, your body, most people come to us when they have all of these issues with their bodies that they can't figure out. They've gone to all the doctors, they've gone to all the practitioners, they've gone to their therapists, they've gone to all these people and they still can't seem to find what is wrong. And so people tend to go into the psychedelic space because it's their last option. I've done everything else, fuck it, right? I might as well go and do some psychedelics and see. And the thing that we find come, that comes up is people are buried underneath systems and buried underneath constructs and buried underneath all this stuff. They're not being honest with themselves. They're living in places that they, that they hate. They're working at jobs that suck. They're living with family members that they do not feel safe with. And this causes the physiology to be like this. And if your body can't relax, it can't heal. Your body has the capacity to heal itself at all times. But if you're buried under so many things, you don't know how to get that off of you. Your nervous system is hypervigilant all the time. I, time and time again, we have people that are living in homes with people that frighten them and they don't even realize. Well, I'm told that I'm supposed to honor family. You honor family over your body. You honor society over your body. You honor your career over your body. And these are things that people are not able to see clearly 
until they get into a space where they can actually relax and the physiology brings it to the surface for the, for the, the psyche to be able to see. And, and we see time and time again that people have this connection that they think that the brain is the mind. It is not. The brain is your physical body. The mind is some other shit, okay? And I'm not going to get into that because we don't have time to really get into what the mind is. The mind is the connection of all of consciousness. And when your body is buried in, under, under systematic programming, it is hard for your body and your mind to connect. This is why we have all of this yoga stuff and everybody's doing mind-body connection. But there's a mind-body connection. I, I can connect these together, but they're not integrated. When you can get the mind and the body to integrate, it's a different story. And there may be things that are controlling you, like I was saying before, around the habits that you've been taught since you were a child, that you've been programmed into since you were three or five years old, that you don't know how to get out of because your body's been programmed to respond to certain things. Your body gets programmed into responding to certain facial expressions. If somebody goes, and you get upset because, oh, they don't believe me, because you've associated this with not being believed. And you may not know that the person you live with does this face all the time and you don't feel trusted. And so when, you in, when you're in a psychedelic space, these are some of the layers that can come up that you can peel back and you can actually see what's been blocking your body from relaxing and being able to heal itself and utilize the nutrients that you're using, the movement practices that you're using, the therapy that you're going to and all of these things to make the things that you've been doing come together and make sense. So when you get into the psychedelic space, this stuff can come to the surface. And when this comes to the surface, you can actually apply all of the things that you're doing with health, with your doctor, with your nurse practitioner, with your yoga teacher, with your therapist, and all these people to bring these things together so you can optimize your life. And this is a space that is becoming more in vogue as people start to see, man, what have I been waiting for all these years? How come nobody has giving me a cap of mushrooms and, told, and, and, and guiding me through this. And it's very important that you understand that if you are going to experience psychedelics, that it should be with someone who is experienced, not just your homies in the corner. That's done it 20 times. That's done it 30 or 40 times. Because there is a way that your nervous system can get activated. And there can be people that can actually guide you through your nervous system getting activated without you spilling into a trauma cycle. And, and opening up a trauma cycle, but not pushing you over the edge to where your body is in fight or flight. And this is something that, that there are facilitators who can help walk you through this stuff so that you can get to the space where you're optimizing your health, you're optimizing your life, you're optimizing everything about your human organism through your control. Every time you go into a psychedelic space, it should be with intention. Not just, eh, man, you know, whatever. Let's see what you know, happens. I mean, you can. You yeah, want. you can. Except and you'll get what you ask for. Let me remove the shirt. You can do whatever you want. And there are different ways that you can do this. And the way we work with people is we see that society tends to hold things in hierarchies. Our families are in hierarchies. You have mom and dad, you have grandparents, you have aunts, uncles, and you have the kids at the bottom. In our society, we tend to have spirituality in this echelon up here. The mind space is under that, right? Our, our society is very mind-based. Then under that, you have society, societal rules. After that, you have the heart, which is your intuition, and then your body is way down on the bottom. And that's the, that's the thing that you kick around, right? So what we tell people to do is take that hierarchy and turn it sideways and keep all of those things in really, really high esteem. And then you bring it together for a complete human 
organism so that you can have a complete human experience with that all in one. And when you, when you utilize the psychedelic space to bring all of those things into high esteem, that is where your health lies, in that, in, that, in that space where you're all together with yourself. When you're optimized as a human being, where your spirituality, your mentality, your psyche, your social aspects, uh, your body and your heart are all together as one. There's nothing stopping, there's nothing, you know, my, our society, we talk a lot about, oh, I'm gonna, my, I'm gonna, my mind is gonna control everything. No, you wanna have all of these things working together in tandem. And this is why we call it bio-integration. It's because you are integrating your body with your biology. And this is something that we found, the psychedelic realm is a space that you can really explore and get all of these things to work together. So I'm gonna just say a few more things and then we'll open it up for questions just so we have some time for that as well. The difference in what we do and what most facilitators do or just people exploring the psychedelic space, the first thing is we're not digging for suffering. There is, again, an idea. Now, what, going back to what I was saying about the snake energy, the puma energy, and the condor energy. In the puma energy, there is the focus, right? And it, they, that energy is taken into the psychedelic space of like, all right, I'm here to do the work. Bring it, whatever it is, you know, I'm going to go through all my traumas and I'm going to resolve them. And the thing is, like, yes, that's powerful, just like that energy is powerful to a point. And then like anything else, it's time to evolve. So entering the psychedelic space becomes, and this came from my own message. I was in an ayahuasca ceremony and I got a clear message that said, if you keep digging in the dirt, you'll find it. If you want to create, you have to look to the stars. I was spending so much time on everything I needed to fix so that I deserved happiness or so that, oh, well, if I get all the work done, then I get to play. That is a conditioning. That's a construct. You earn the right to play if you work hard enough. You'll make enough money. You'll have enough happiness. You'll have enough love if you work hard. Right? That came from the Industrial Revolution after the Great Depression of you have to work hard for everything that you have and there's no shortcuts. We live in a time now there's lots of shortcuts. It's recognizing what's a shortcut and what's a bypass. Trying to shortcut emotions does not work. There are other shortcuts though. So when you can pull back because you're no longer spending all this time digging down into the dirt, you start to go, what do I want? If I'm getting the, the, making plans for a house, I don't comb through the entire property to remove every rock and pebble. I start building the house and if something gets in the way of the plans of the house, it's like, okay, what are we gonna do about it? Let's do something to extract, remove, shift, whatever, so that we can continue with the plans. When you go into a psychedelic space, I invite you, if you haven't or if you do in the future, to explore what you do want and say, and if there's something in the way of me actualizing, I call that forward. I'll look at it, I welcome it. But doing it from a, actually from a place of creation and collaboration with your imagination and the collective imagination however you want to label that. Because in actually focusing on what you do want and saying, and I'm here to surrender to whatever I need to see that may be in the way of me having what I want, whether it's better health, whether it's a condition that's not resolving, whether it's doctor said everything on paper says I'm healthy, but I don't feel good. For me, I don't care what any doctor or anyone else says. What is my experience inside of my body? When I had fibromyalgia, that wasn't even a thing. That, like no one even knew what that was. I finally found one doctor that actually acknowledged at least that I had pain. So 
I started taking control of my own life to say that unless I feel amazing, no one else is going to dictate what I feel or tell me otherwise. This is your opportunity to explore not only psychedelics, but the self-improvement, self-help world. And people say, there's a lot of accolades for doing the work. There's a lot of accolades in psychedelics. If you see aliens and talk to the Palladian people from the ninth moon of whatever, <laughs> it's cool shit, don't get me wrong. But when someone comes to me and they tell me about an epic experience, and I'm like, awesome. When are you going to have that conversation with your mom? because that's what's disrupting your life here. I promise after this body is gone, I'm sure if you can access that in a psychedelic space, you'll probably be able to access it when you don't have a body anymore, if that's how it works. So I invite you that even in entering that space to consider what do you want your life to look like? You can, people can just as easily hide in ayahuasca or any other plant as they can in walking life. Because if you don't know the power of your mind, that if at some point in your life you said, I will never speak of this or think of this again, if you think plants will show you that, it's not true. Anything it'll show you is still what you are willing to be, to allow it to access. Which is why when we work with people, we're watching their body. Because it may not be your conscious mind, but we can see things in body. If someone's lying down and they start, they look uncomfortable, we'll be like, what just went through your head? What was just going through your mind? Oh, well, I was just thinking about when I was five, I got pushed off a swing set, but that's not traumatic. Well, maybe not to your mind, but your body, if it's still showing signs of something from 30, 40, 50 years ago, there's something there. We have past surgeries come up people didn't remember because their body being anesthetized felt unsafe. No one explained to them what the surgery was. One of my biggest traumas was a surgery that after my um, ovarian torsion, I was 15, I got shaved in my whole pubic area, and when I woke up and no one told me someone would even be down there, I was more traumatized than when I was violently raped. Because someone was doing something to my body, and I had no say in it. So it's not always traumas that you think. So before we get into questions, I just want, I know there may be some questions around the safety of psychedelics and so as I said I practiced nursing for 25 years I have never wrapped a person's body who is taking mushrooms MDMA uh, weed um, what else ketamine I have one person because it was an overdose that the, the doctor dosed a baby with ketamine is the only thing that I've seen somebody die from uh, I have not seen anybody die, arrested mushrooms, uh, what else do, do uh, LSD, I've never seen anybody die. I've seen people maybe wig out a little bit and get scared, and then they're fine in the morning. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen anybody die from these things. And it is important for you to know that if you do not feel safe, if you're going to do psychedelics with somebody and your body says no, that is a strong and hard no. I'm kind of scared is not no. No is no. Trust your body. It will never lie to you. I don't care if, if all, of your, all of your friends and your family are down for it. If your body says no, that is not the place for you. Okay? And it's not about the psychedelics. It's about your body being able to perceive safety and you opening up trauma cycles and not knowing how to manage that. The why doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why. So, uh, again, psychedelics... Uh, it, if you're with a trained professional or a person who knows what they're doing, psychedelics are, are safe. 
super duper safe. Um, I can't speak about going down into the jungle and doing ayahuasca with people who don't who haven't been trained in any kind of uh, in any medical. kind of metal, <laughs> medical background or no knowledge of the nervous system. Just be mindful and do your research. And there are people out here, Cole and I. If you if you if you need some questions answered, ask us. We can also refer you to other people who have a, a wealth of knowledge that goes beyond what we know. Mm -hmm. So please take care of yourselves in this work. It is, it is awesome work and you are the person who's in charge of the ship. You are the captain of your ship. Everybody else is a, is a crewmate. You've got to run your ship the way it needs to be run. And when your ship says no, it says no. It's, it is a nervous system response. So even if it's just that you're scared, then there's some other work to do to at least get some sense of safety before you go into a psychedelic space. And even if you go in scared, will you be fine? Yeah, you'll work it out, but it could take a year. You know, it's like taking that pause if it's not a yes. Like, even if there is that fear, fear is different than no. And I've showed up to groups before and something in my body was like, nope. And it could just be a person's energy in the room doesn't feel safe to me. That nothing wrong with that person. But it, they could be triggering an old memory of someone from my past, but it puts my body on guard, which means I'm not going to access the things that I could access if I felt safe. And the thing we find most people are afraid of when they're considering psychedelics is they don't want to face themselves. And this is something that we're taught not to face because of the, the heavy usage of shame in our society. There's something wrong with you if you've done this. Is something wrong with you if you think this way? So you should really hide from yourself. In psychedelics, really bring yourself to the surface. So you will see all of the things that you love or feel connected to or feel disconnected from. And it may disagree with what you've been programmed into functioning uh, in the ways you've been programmed into functioning. So these are the things that come up and the things that make people the most scared about psychedelics. And that's about it. Everything you see in the psychedelic space is something that has been in your imagination since since you were created. And it's been running, so it's in, been the been running in the background the whole time. So there's nothing to be afraid of, especially not you. You are loved, you are so valuable, and you are an exceptional human being, each and every one of you. I don't care what you do for a living, where you came from, what your race is, what language you speak, what food you eat, you are all exceptional and you are all loved. And if you need to know what love looks like, you can come and ask me and I'll show you. Okay? So we love to open it up to questions. Yes. So if you, like, um, personally, like, I, I've used power plants mm -hmm. and, um, and I was a little bit intimidated by them because of the, the fear of the unknown. Um, so like the first few times was very scary, but I still wanted to do it anyways. So like I, I still, you know, did it. Um, but to someone that's just like chronically scared of their life, like how do you like introduce this to them? And like the programming is real, you know, fear is like downloaded and like in their whole cellular level. How do you open them up? I mean, for us, the majority of people that come to us um, are new. Yeah. Um, and that's why a lot of times people send them to us. We have an hour onboarding per person before we even work with anyone. We get full trauma history, surgical history. And a lot of times, just by spending the time with someone to fully answer their questions, what will happen if, what would happen if, will give them enough sense of safety mm -hmm. to go into an uncertain process. 
So the thing is, because it, it, they are real concerns because of conditioning, yeah. it's actually sitting down with the care and the compassion and the commitment to be with someone. You know, and it, it is the biggest reason why we get and work with as many people as we do because they've either had traumatic experiences um, that was 20 years ago in college, um, or there's the conditioning aspect. And the truth is, plus, you know, taking him somewhere where there's me medical background. You know, he's got 25 years in emergency medicine. So if someone starts to get heart palpitations because they're nervous and anxiety is kicking in, to have a nurse sit and start triaging and talk to them just like he would in any traumatized person is what pe people are looking to be seen and to know that their safety is a priority. Um, and so it's really directing them to a facilitator and someone that they feel safe with because yes, they'll be fine. You know, when it comes to psychedelics, like even if you take a lot, you'll work it out. You'll be fine with the exception of ayahuasca. That can be a bit more traumatizing. Um, but with like LSD and mushrooms, as long as they're with safe people and people that know the psychedelic space, they'll work it out all right. There, there's a way to get your nervous system to calm down. Yeah. And I've had to manage people with arms hanging off, guts hanging out, gunshot wounds, and get them to calm their nervous system down. When your nervous system gets heightened, the front part of your brain called the prefrontal cortex, you start to lose, you start to lose access. You start to lose access to it. So the things that you could really hone in on, you can't hone in on because your body's looking to prepare to fight or to run. So when you can get your nervous system to downregulate, then you can open yourself up more to being calm. And that, that allows you to be easier in the psychedelic space. It allows us to be able to show people that they are safe. And when they become, remember I was talking about habit, safety is a habit as well. Uh, putting yourself around people who feel safe, learning what that feels like, we start to create a habit with the person from the first conversation, from the first interaction. If I, if I walk up to you and, and I say, hey, how are you? I ask, instead of just running and hugging you, I ask, do you hug? No, okay, cool, let's shake hands, right? It's, it's okay, I want you to be understand what safety looks like and then you ease into it. And there's a way that we ease people into the safety of, of being around us, around being in our space, and around being with the psychedelic situation. And this is why I'm saying, get with people who know how to help a person manage their nervous system in order for them to downregulate so they can feel safe. If you are not safe, I don't care if I give you 20 grams of mushrooms, you're not gonna go anywhere if your body says no. Make sense? And there is the, um, we started really stepping into like a radical consent where it's like we ask for everything. And we'll tell people like even say someone, um, they look like they might need a blanket, I don't assume, right? Well, it's, I'll come and set it by them because, you know, when someone's in a psychedelic experience, you also don't want to touch them because they could be talking to God or their mother or someone. And if you touch them, you'll pull them right out of the experience. So we clearly communicate. If your eyes are closed, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to interact with you. If you open your eyes, I'm there. We let them know you're never alone. At least one of us are in the room, whether it's groups or retreats or trips or whatever. And you have to ask for help. Now, if you look at me and you can at least signal, signal me that you need help, I'll come. But it's also that people need to step out of that comfort. And it's like, I will not rescue you. I will come and be with you if you need help. 
And so it's like the more you clearly communicate, like if you need something, I'm there. Otherwise, if your eyes are closed, I'm going to assume you're good. And really just like clearly communicating on that pinpoint. All you have to do is look up and I'll be there. You'll never be alone. And then just that consent, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm going to, you know, like, let's say they have a headache. Hey, I'm going to massage your head so that we see if we can release some of that tension from your neck. Is that okay with you? Yes. Like everything, I want a verbal yes, not a head nod. And that's so that their physical body knows it's still in charge. Because most people have had stuff happen to their body their whole life that was not their choice. Whether it was through parents or conditioning or environment or trauma. Do you have a question? Yeah, very much so. Thank you. Yeah. I have a few questions. Sure. So do we come to you or do you come to us? Um, we can talk about things like that. Okay. That's okay. I mean, I have a better question, but I do have some, like, there those details. There are multiple options. So, okay. if, if you just even have, for anyone right now, if you have more questions that you want in a private setting, if you'll take out your phones, this is the easiest way. If you text the number 22999, uh-huh. What is it? 22999 is the phone number. And in the text, put Ta Cole, T A H K O L E. You're going to get our cell phone numbers. And you can um, hit us up. The thing is, again, discretion is necessary. So we don't talk about these things via text message. So we use an app called Signal. We'll direct you to it. We'll meet you in person here in Austin. Um, we're really passionate in also protecting this kind of work because it is helping people to cure their cancer. We have a friend who worked with Johns Hopkins and it cured her, her leukemia. And it wasn't that it cured the cancer, it cured the self-loathing that was causing the cancer. And then her body started to respond. And this is through Johns Hopkins. These studies are all there and we still have to protect the work um, to ensure that our veterans and the programs that are being worked on right now are not compromised. So we're here for questions. We'll come meet you for coffee. You know, well, he doesn't drink coffee. I'll drink two coffees for him. <laughs> because we really um, are passionate about this. You know, whether it's working with us or not, um, we'd love to talk about it. So I just wanted to, before we run out of time, I wanted to get to your other question. Yeah, I was curious, do you, do you find that the experience itself is just to create the awareness so you can work on it later? Or is there actually healing in the experience? Both. Yeah. It depends. Um, I've had, I would say in the last 13 years that I've been doing this, um, I would say that I had six times that in a moment, like in one, in one journey, I was in a visualization. I got my innocence back from when the malestation started when I was young. I didn't know I'd lost it. That's not, I didn't go into it like, I need to go get my innocence back. I'll be back, guys. I'm going to grab a beer and my innocence. Like, so yes, yes and. Yes, and yes. Uh, so an example for me, uh, I told you when I first got here that I used to wear glasses. And I wore glasses since I was about 10 or 12. And my mother named me Brian. Uh, and that was my given name. Uh, and every time I heard that as a child, I would get nauseous. And I don't know why that is, but I had all these different names that I would tell people was my name so that I could avoid hearing that as a kid. And in one, one uh, ceremony I went to, I kept, this urge kept coming up. And I, and I, I've been calling myself Ta for a long time, but I never took it on legally, and I was afraid to tell my mother that's what I wanted to be called. And this it just kept coming to the surface, say this over and over again. My name is Ta and I will not be pacified. 
okay? Because I had been quiet based on my mom for my entire life. I did not let people see me or hear me based on that. And uh, so I asked the facilitator to bring all the men to hold space in the room for me. And I screamed it at the top of my lungs as loud as I possibly could. And my eyesight started to clear up and I haven't worn glasses since that day, okay? I just, for the first time in my life, passed my, my uh, at the DMV without my glasses uh, about a month ago, about a month two. or two, two months ago, okay? So this, this is real shit. This is stuff that can happen in the instant and it can happen over periods of time. I have shifted my body in ways that I never thought imaginable. And I've seen other people do things unimaginably in front of us mm -hmm. that just we've seen things in the jungle that have just been mind you I mean they're miracle just, in, in and and I was like yeah, yeah, yeah this is yeah okay miracles and now I'm like oh shit so I don't I don't I'm not looking for anything specific to happen but things happen it's and, also oh sorry baby. Mm -hmm. no, no, no. it's also the knowing that if people come in looking for a miracle realizing that they already are the fact that we're living, breathing trillions of cells is a miracle in itself. It's also acknowledging that if you go do a ceremony over the weekend and go back to the toxic job or the toxic relationship that's creating why you have all this disruption, it's not going to last because you're going back to the habitual patterns that created the dysfunctions. So you're going to end up back where you were. So yes, and. Um, it's also why we see people go journey every meet weekend or every month even and have this huge expansive experience but they don't take the actionable steps to support the new state, the new body set that is required, um, you know, not changing diet. Like if people come to us and they haven't made some pretty drastic changes in lifestyle, um, in, in diet, we're like, look what you could be experiencing right now is inflammation. And until we rule out first inflammation, like let's do that because again, that's 65% of body pain and then there's the rest, right? And the numbers vary obviously, but it's, yes, you can have a big expansion. What are you gonna do with the information that you've acquired? And then what support do you need? So it's also, who do I need to get into my field to help support this as well? So anytime people only rely on psychedelics, they end up in the same place. Anytime someone only relies on diet, they end up with internal issues. They just look nicer on the outside. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why we have recently shifted from doing one, a group a month or one day group a month to quarterlies where you come with us Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, and you come in, we talk about the things that you want to change and shift in your life from, from the perspective that you have. Then we open you up into a broader space that night. And then the next day we start making plans on how you're going to move forward in your life. And then on the Sunday, we start to integrate that, create the plan and start to make, move into a space where you can start building a team around you to get you to fall into sync with yourself in a place of honesty where you can be supported in that honesty with yourself so that the people that are judging you, the people that are keeping you held down, you got, they got to go. And the people that, that you can lean into are the people that got to stay. So it's, it's about building a life around you. And this is this is this is an environment that, that we encourage people to fortify, and we have a we have a whole webinar that we're getting ready to put out on how you can do that without psychedelics and without anything. But using psychedelics in that space can help expand in tremendous ways. It's a tool, just like anything else. Um, and you know, we really invite for anyone that hasn't attended Paleo FX before. It's in April. Keith and Michelle are the ones that are the founders of it. 
um, being surrounded in community that you can actually have these kinds of conversations with people that are knowledgeable in nutrition and wellness and the full human organism, not just one piece of it. Um, that's where you get the support to actualize and realize things much faster. Um, we are leading a trip, the four of us, to Peru in November. It's more for people building a business, right? So this is a business mastermind where we're bringing the totality together. We're actually looking to move people from the Puma energy to the Condor energy. So if you've been in that hypervigilance, that focus, and you're looking to connect with people for the next wave of human evolution, that's what we're looking for. So if you want that information, you can hit us up for that too, um, because we're looking for to take people on an epic experience and to work with amazing tribes and have fun and go to Machu Picchu and... And yes. we are also doing an amazing event with that gentleman right there. Yep. At, at Ocean Lab uh, Float Spa. 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 On the 4th of this month, uh, which is going to be an all-day expansive uh, event. Uh, we'd love to see any and all of you there at this. Any more, do we have any more questions before we are talking about it? Yes. yes. So we've all heard, or maybe not all of us, but um, of like the random person that has like a psychotic break from psychedelics. Uh, do you feel like with your experience guided psychedelics are safe for everyone or do you do like a mental health history? We do we do we do a history on everyone. And if we if we feel that a person is not a fit, we refer them out. Okay. Uh, and and we have never we've done yeah, hundreds. We've worked with many, many thousands yeah, I was of thinking this of someone from high point. school so it's like obviously they're a lot of other things. There are facilitators that are licensed psychiatrists right. and therapists. And I actually, I'll have a friend, I'll send you a link. Um, she is, they identify as DID, so um, I, I, D, identity. Anyway, too many letters, I can't remember all their letters. And they speak specifically to the fact that society has been holding the keys to the, the keys to madness, um, when really people that go through psychosis actually we have held people through psychosis, and when you actually allow the body to discharge all the energy, there is no break. Right. It's actually society that deems the break as problematic, dysfunctional, and a bad Instead thing. Right. Instead of just being there. Being with someone, let them cry, freak out, break shit, and saying, we, we will keep you safe. Right? And this is from personal experience. I grew up with a lot of self-harm things, and when I decided I wasn't going to commit suicide, then I had to compartmentalize a lot of things. And when I was finally with him, we allowed my breaks to express. Within two minutes, they were over. And I just needed to rest. It was a life of anger and trauma and voices and all of this shit. After four times, they've pretty much disappeared now. So it's actually being able to be with someone to say, do they have the support? Do they have a therapist? Do they have... Those pieces, because we aren't there to be there 24-7. Right. So our question isn't, is there a history? It's, is there support for us to fully dismantle the societal conditioning and the judgment? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, psych psychoses and emotions uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in their entirety are inconvenient for <clears throat> all the systems of our planet. 
and we, we don't take the time to allow people to have their emotions and so they build up and they become psychotic. They become these spaces where the, the neurology can't manage it anymore. And then you burn in, and when that's burned in out of habit, it becomes part of your physiology. And this, this can start from as early as three years old <coughs> where people build psychoses up because it's inconvenient, it's suppressed, and the body becomes structured around it. And so when people have these breaks, when they get older, the body cannot handle it anymore because it's being suppressed. So when these things are allowed to come out, there are no breaks to have. We see it as it's it's more of a body response because when you're in a heightened state, your prefrontal cortex is shut off, so you're functioning from old memory. You have no access. Right, and so it's actually, can we get the body back to homeostasis and diet changes and things like that to support gut health? Um, there, so the person that I'm talking about, I'll send you the link, their name is Kitty Sipple. Um, has been hospitalized, institutionalized, all this stuff, and now they are at the forefront of psychedelics for the disabled, um, at least as far as like on a mental capacity, because uh, normal society has been ho holding the keys to madness when really people are suffering from psychoses are already in a psychedelic space. That's where they're functioning from. And the fact that we think we can just withhold it and that's going to change anything is not the case. It's more, can we facilitate in the space that they're in so that they feel safe, so that they know how to get the support that they need as an individual person. And that is what changed like their whole experience was to finally realize that there's nothing wrong with them. Does that help? Yeah. Any other questions? Oh, yeah. Let's see. Um, do you recommend... Microdosing, like to help with integration after. Yes, yes, with someone who knows about microdosing. Just microdosing without knowing a journaling protocol of what you're tracking, like for what, right? And how do you know if it's working for the objective? So it's not like it can't make you have a nice day, but what supports you having a nice day without having to microdose? The whole point is to expand the feelings that your body is feeling without the need of psychedelics. It's almost like we're teaching your body a new habit, a new way of being. Just like pain is a state of being, it's a signal. How do we expand the good feelings? So there's ways that you can journal and track sensation and people and environment. Because you might go, wow, actually my boss is the reason my back hurts. Because they challenge my sense of self or whatever I don't feel supported. So without the journaling processes, then you're just kind of guessing, and then it's, to me, it's the equivalent of like having a drink after work. You know, like it might relax you a little bit, and it might give you some perspective, but if you're really looking for an optimized experience and expanding what you want to experience, journaling and tracking, it's what's your objective? Journaling is absolutely, if you're going to microdose, journaling is super duper important. I, I have a journal with me all the time. I'm not microdosing currently, but I journal all the time. We have 60,000 or so thoughts, thought tracks that happen in your human organism daily. That's what's been counted according to our current sciences or whatever, people studying shit. Um, being able to, to write down the things that come up that are uncommon when you're microdosing or super important and then just, just filing them away and then going back every week and just reviewing two weeks back to see what came up. You can start to see trends in your physiology and in your psychology and how they coincide with the things that are going on in your life. So if you're going to microdose, microdosing is awesome. Microdosing on, on LSD, microdosing on mushrooms, microdosing wachuma, they're, they're all, they all have their benefits and 
What are you going to do alongside it? You have somebody that you can talk to to help you integrate your stuff is really, really important. Integration is the most important part. We didn't talk about it a lot today, but if you go to work with someone, ask them what do they do for integration and how long are you supported in integration? It is the most important part of the experience. The experience itself is actually very little of importance. Um, it's what happens after. What do you do with what you learn and what you know and what you understand or what you don't understand? Um, most people's protocol for integration is non-existent. And, um, and yeah, and being able to bring a team in on that, at that integration. Again, if you're if you're going to experience psychedelics and you can't tell your doctor because they shame you, find another doctor. Because there okay? are doctors that can. There, there are people. Yeah, there are in people, those conversations. There are people who can have these conversations with you. And when you're building something that we're very astute about, is building what we call a life team. Or your and, therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist. And your life team is people that you can be completely honest with about, so that you can relax. Like I was saying, so that you're body can fall into a place where it's aligned with things but if you have to lie to your doctor and not tell them that you're doing psychedelics and they're prescribing you stuff or they're suggesting things for you things are going to fall out of alignment and then you're going to create another issue so we, we want you to know that if you're going to be microdosing ask your doctor look man i'm going to microdose mushrooms uh, are you with this you know is this something that you can rock with me on or should i find somebody else that i can deal with we, we need to move my belief is that we need to move into a level of transparency with our health that we have never explored before. I've been lied to by people over and over and over again. People will come, I'll be triaging, somebody will come in the hospital and tell me one thing, and they tell this doctor something else, this nurse something else, and we all have four different stories. So to be able to have a cohesive experience, when, especially when you're microdosing, to bring it into with your practitioners, tell your yoga teacher, hey man, listen, if I get a little wonky, I've been microdosing. You know, if you notice something, could you let me know? Or can you help me ground? Can you help me ground? Whatever. These types of things are really, really important when you're experiencing things with psychedelics. And, and yes, yes to microdosing. And rock with somebody who's experienced, who knows what they're doing, and has a protocol for you to follow. It's like anything intention, and ask, ask, you know, like ask friends who have done it. What did you do? What would you change? What, what did you get out of it? Um, I, I'm a firm believer in, in opening conversation with curiosity, you know, because you'll find your path and the people you want to work with because your body will feel safe with them. And you're like, oh, actually, that's where that's the direction I want to go. You know, so. And, you know, uh, tell your physician, you know, a, a lot of doctors are programmed like me to, oh, psychedelics, no, that's no, we don't deal with that type of stuff. The more we can go into the doctor's office and say, hey, I'm going to microdose, and somebody else comes in, hey, I'm going to microdose, the doctor's going to have to go and explore and see what's going on because it's becoming more popular. And as we, as, as we take uh, control of our health care, of our, of our bodies, of our situations, we start to have power over our healthcare system and how things are brought in, brought to us, and it's really important for us to be able to be empowered in this. And this is one of this is the reason why Cole and I do this is because we are about empowerment of the individual. And when you have empower, when you have power over what you are doing, it changes the game for all of us. So, I hope that helps. Awesome. Yeah. So you brought up talking to a physician about this, and it's been my experience for many years who are either misdiagnosed or something or something. Once something gets written on the medical record, it stays there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's balancing that, that aspect of like, hey, I'm going to be microdosing 
psilocybin in illegal subgroups. Oh, he's an addict or whatever. Like that's a possibility, which which can bring up a lot of fear for people. So right. how do you navigate that? Well, what I would say is start with the question of, hey, have you seen that uh, Johns Hopkins just opened a seventeen million dollar research center to study psilocybin? What do you think about that? And if they're like, oh, I don't believe in that shit, you're like, I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> you know, it's always a test. I always lead with research and facts. Yeah. And see what someone's response is. And ask them what the advantage point is. What do you think about yep. people who do this? That'll tell you everything it'll, you need to know. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Um, medical records from a healthcare professional's standpoint, medical records are not a place of judgment. They're a place of facts. So a person who comes in on heroin if the, if the doctor's judgy, the doctor's going to be judging, but the system doesn't judge, it takes data down. So you can't, you can't take somebody's healthcare record and they say, oh, I was microdosing, and then all of a sudden you're going to jail or, or it doesn't hold up in a court of law. Who gives a shit? And this is one of the things where transparency is really important with you being able to be transparent about people and us educating people about this not being a place of taboo. This is not something that is bad. Plants are not bad. What people do with substances can be functional or dysfunctional. They are not good or bad. I know people who use cocaine to journey and, and to go into expansive places. I don't recommend it. <laughs> but I do know people who are really experienced with it, with themselves, and they do go into spaces that are not dangerous for themselves. And it's a once a week ritual and, and that's on all sorts of substances. So it's not the substance that's a bad thing, it's what you do with the substance. You can go out there and eat some fucking Doritos and kill yourself, okay? Bad, are Doritos bad? No, they're Doritos, okay? So it's what you do with the substance. And this, this idea of judgment is something that we've gotta eradicate from our planet. It is a, it is a shame-based device that causes us to be separate from each other, and then we can't have conversations like this. I know 10 years ago, I wouldn't be sitting in this room talking about psychedelics. I'd be like, that shit is bad. When I first, okay? talk, so, when I first talked to him about it, he said, that's that hippie shit. I'm not interested. Not, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do drugs with hippies in a room. I'm not doing that shit. And look at me, True. that toe size. <laughs> so, so I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Flatbush, Brooklyn. Okay, I'm from the hood. I did hip-hop music and toured around the world for years. So I wasn't thinking about I didn't smoke weed until I, I didn't try weed until I was 36 years old. I didn't drink until I was 25. So I was that guy that didn't touch anything. So you couldn't put a substance in front of me that I was thinking. And that is a judgment-based situation that made me very small-minded, very close-minded, and kept me separate from other people and from expanding myself. And I'm interested in human beings being empowered. And if you need to know something, I will fucking tell you. Okay, so I love you all tremendously and endlessly. And if there's any questions that you have, you have my number. Everybody in here has my number. Reach out. You can reach Cole. We are not people that are, are to be held on a pedestal. We want to be right here. I love it with you to have conversations because as we empower, help you empower yourself, you can empower your parents, your children, your friends, and your neighbors, and we can stop ascribing to these systems that keep us subdued. Thank you all so, so much. Enjoy the around today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And we can be found on Instagram at Tacole, T-A-H-K-O-L-E.